0: Coming in off our smooth intro music, it is Coastal Covers with me, the GCG Golf Coast Guru, and my best buddy in the whole world, Mike. What is up, Mike?
1: What's going on, man?
0: Yes, we are here to talk to you again about college football over unders. This time we are going to break down a real conference. Last time we did the Independence. This time we are going to get into the Mac action. Mike, how do you feel about the Mac?
1: That's an interesting conference. You know, uh, the Mac, every once in a while, you get some NFL guys in there. We've had some first-round picks, some first overall picks. Eric Fisher, you know, several years ago and off the top of my head. So you do get some talent there. It's just usually these teams will have, you know, some teams will have three or four guys that that are really good, and then the rest of their rosters are trash. So you kind of got to figure out what uh, – what goes along with that? You know, they
0: get the reputation of like the MAC in midweek games, and that's cool. So we all love the MAC for that reason. They also have like the coaching cradle, tons of good, cool coaches come from the MAC, but they also like something I just thought of like right this second when you were talking, like they had Kareem Hunt. Well, he like beat women and shit. Right, and then yeah, they had they- like Ben Roethlisberger who like rapes women and shit oh interesting and then they had like urban meyer who just grabbed that
1: chick's crotch <laughs> like, yeah they do get, get some a little yeah. bit of debauchery going on it's <laughs> a, a naughty naughty that's, conference that's some action for you huh?
0: <laughs> so uh yeah we are going to be talking mac first we wanted to get into a little bit of breaking news going on uh we're a little late on uh, getting to it as the uh podcast is a little behind schedule for this one but uh, just recently, we had more conference realignment news in the NCAA, UCLA, and USC taking the uh, path that I think we all expected, just going completely regional and
1: moving to the Big Ten. What do you what do you feel about that, Mike? It's trash. It's complete trash. I, I hate it. You know, you're going to have these UCLA, good luck everyone in another uh, conference championship because you got no chance. Good luck making another playoff. You got to go to oh, well, we got a good roster this year. Let's uh, go to uh, Madison and play at Wisconsin. And let's go to Columbus and play at Ohio State. And Oh, maybe we get lucky and we don't get uh, Michigan or Michigan State this year. But uh, we got to play at Nebraska. Come on.
0: You know, there, there are so many things that you could, like, break down about this that, you know, a lot of the talking heads are are going into right now. A lot of the things you're going to hear are all the same thoughts that we have. All of our thoughts are going to be based around tradition. You know, we grew up. You know, as soon as we had boobs out of our mouths, you know, for milk purposes instead of why we want boobs in our mouths now, um, we were watching this shit. We were watching college football. We grew up loving all the tradition, the pageantry, regionality of it. But, like, if you think along the lines that we do, these, like, matchups, if you're even just thinking about, like, uniform colors and shit or, like, just hearing it enter your eardrums, like, okay, tell me how this sounds. Uh, this Saturday, UCLA is playing Illinois.
1: Yeah, I don't want anything to do with it. I'm not watching that game. Are
0: you stoked for USC versus Purdue? No.
1: <laughs> and, and not to mention that these teams, so now you're, depending on where you're located at, unless it's a 3.30 game, you're going to lose half your viewers because, you know, say USC is playing at Purdue and that game's at noon. Well, it's 9 o'clock a.m. on the West Coast or vice versa if that game's at 10.30 and it's in USC. How many Purdue, games, or Purdue fans are really going to sh- uh, turn on their TVs to watch their team get stomped out at 10.30 at night? It's not happening. No, absolutely not.
0: This is a terrible thing that's happening, and it's going to keep going further and further and further. They're making it like the NFL. like You're going to have the super conferences, and you're going to have pods, and it's gonna be no different than NFL conferences and divisions. It's it's not what college football was made. You know, some of the things we're already losing. This move, it's taken some luster out of the Rose Bowl. That's one of the only bowls that even matters anymore. It's one of the only fun bowls to watch. We're already losing the Rose Bowl. That's happening right now.
1: Yeah, you know, and when I was looking at, because I I've been through my my predictions throughout all the conferences at this point, and I was kind of going through bowl matchups. And some of these bowl games, I'm like, what the hell is this bowl? What the hell is this bowl? I have no idea what these bowls are. And then you kind of got to dig into it. Okay, well, this uh, you know, this uh, KFC bowl used to be the Wendy's bowl, and this Wendy's bowl used to be like the dude-on-dude Dude bowl, and then the dude-on-dude Dude bowl used to be the sun bowl. And you're like, okay, the sun bowl. I understand that, you know? <laughs> I would tune into the dude and dude Bowl. I think, yeah. <laughs> it might have some interesting
0: things um, <laughs> to follow. Uh, yeah, so we're losing. We're losing all of that. All of all of the meaning. The meaning of the bowl games is pretty much already gone. There's a million of them, and they're just not worth watching anymore. Nobody plays all of that shit. So we're losing that. You're losing the conference on. Like we said, the Rose Bowl, the Big Ten plays the Pac-12. What the fuck's the point of that? There's already Pac-12 teams in the Big Ten, so obviously that's going away. You're, you're losing just all the shit. You're going to lose the service academies in a few years when things continue to shake out. The service academies aren't going to make it. Well, what's that mean? We already lost, uh, you know, Georgia Tech running the triple option. Now no service academies. There's no triple option left in football. No, so- and
1: how and how fun was it, you know, back in the in the '90s when we were growing up watching Nebraska run the option mm-hmm. and, and teams like that and you're you're not gonna have any of that anymore.
0: Yeah. And and how many national championships have Georgia Tech and Nebraska won since they got away from that shit? <laughs> They've never yeah. even been close. Right. Those are teams that have won national championships doing
1: that. Exactly. And and going back real quick to to the Rose Bowl and and that kind of stuff. So now what you've created for the Big Ten, so it was always as, because we grew up, we live in Florida, but we, we both grew up in Ohio. And, you know, Ohio State is the is the big school throughout the whole state. Ohio State-Michigan was always the biggest game of the year. The second biggest game of the year was the Rose Bowl. So now, the way you've created it, you have Ohio State-Michigan, okay, great. Then you could potentially have a rematch of Ohio State-Michigan in the conference championship. And then you could potentially have a rematch of Ohio State, USC and the Rose Bowl. If that's the way they go, because I don't know, maybe they will have two big 10 teams in the Rose Bowl. Maybe they'll say, well, if you're a West coast team, you could still go to the Rose Bowl. You know, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, no, that's not likely, but it's possible. I mean, who knows at this point, who knows if these, these bowl games are even going
0: to stick around. Right. I'm kind of thinking, you know, A couple of years ago, they hit us with like, oh, they're talking playoff expansion. They might go to, you know, eight teams after, you know, the current format of four. And I was thinking like, oh, that's awesome. Like, we're going to get to see your Boise's get in there now. You're going to get to see, you know, before last year, your Cincinnati's get in and you get excited about it. And then you start to see this, you know, oh, Texas and Oklahoma drop the ball on us and they're leaving for the SEC. You see shit like that happening. And now USC, UCLA, the writing's on the wall. I think bowl games are going away. I think we're going to expand the playoff and it's only going to be these super conference teams in the playoff.
1: I think so. I mean, even if you go to an 18 playoff with who's currently either in conferences or projected to be in conferences, I think six of those teams are going to either the big 10 or the sec. So now you have two other teams to go to the whole rest of the country, which is probably going to be taken up by a, by a big 12 or a Pac 12 or an ACC or whatever you have left so you have no shot of i mean who's going to take a an 11 and 1 Houston team over a uh, 8 and 4 SEC or SEC team when you lost to Oklahoma and Florida or uh Florida and Georgia and Alabama or whatever it is you know yeah
0: soon to be Clemson and all yeah. These, so yeah it's all it's all getting absolutely ruined but for the next couple of years at least it looks worse like we're still going to Have some kind of traditional format to follow, so our advice to you is cherish it, follow it, listen to us. Uh, Just soak up the uh, 130 FBS League format right now in the form it is. Let's get into some Mac, huh? All right. All right, we're going to start off with the Akron Zips. Their over-under is projected at 2.5. It is plus 135 for the over, minus 160 for the under. The Zips are now uh, being coached by Joe Moorhead. What do you think about the hire there?
1: Oh, I think that's a great hire. Uh, Akron's kind of had a uh, reputation of bringing in some pretty big coaches as of recent. Uh, Didn't so much work out for him the last time, but I think Moorhead is definitely a a step in the right direction. So I don't necessarily think that they're going to be that great this year, but they're on the up and up. Uh, I think that team does start and end with D.J. Irons, 6'6 quarterback, uh, has some experience. And I think they uh, – you know, I'm sure the other Mike will talk about this. Uh, they have plenty in the transfer portal as well.
0: Yeah, so they uh, they came in and they, they were number 71 overall in the nation for the transfer portal, which for a team like Akron is fantastic. Um, they really – they brought in a lot of power five talent. So that's that's what's real big. You're not going to see – a ton of names jumping off the, the board at you because, you know, not a lot of people follow the defensive players, especially defensive backups for Power 5 schools. But, I mean, you're bringing in transfers uh even on the offensive side of the ball at wide receiver from LSU, Pitt, West Virginia. You know, those are guys that DJ Irons is now going to be throwing to. Um, You bring in Cam Wiley. That's a huge one. Defense has all kinds of Power 5 transfers all over the place, in addition to the 16 of their top 18 leading tacklers from last year. So this team has gotten markedly, markedly better. You bring in Joe Moorhead, who is, I mean, I would say, is there a coach in the MAC that's that's better than Joe Moorhead right now? I I can't think of one off the top of my head.
1: No, I, I don't know that there is, you know, especially with Solich gone now. Yeah, exactly,
0: losing Solich. I mean, you have your guys that have been there making some noise for a few years now, Sean Lewis from Kent State. Um, you know, uh, Chris Creighton from, uh Eastern Michigan, but, you right. know, these are guys that they're doing fantastic with their programs. Um, Jim McElwain, I guess would be the other one that would jump off over at central Michigan. That's comparable to Joe Moorhead, but Joe Moorhead got a bat. I mean, he was the offensive coordinator over at Penn state before he took the Mississippi state job. And I think he did a pretty damn good job at Mississippi state. They just yeah. didn't
1: like him. Exactly. Was McAlwin the one shirtless on that boat with those alligators? It was a shark that uh he was having sex with, I believe. Something like that.
0: <laughs> but um I I think it's it's Photoshop. But I want I want to believe, right? <laughs> so, you know, as Agent Mulder, that, that that's the route I would go. I, I want to believe. Uh, okay, so just getting into this schedule, over under two and a half were the Akron zips. We're gonna start off the season playing five and six FCS last year, St. Francis, Pennsylvania. I'm gonna have a win.
1: Yeah, that's a win there.
0: Your next three games, uh, they're pretty much losses. They're all on the road, they're all consecutive. Michigan State, Tennessee, Liberty. No wiggle room there, right? No, no. So we are gonna start off one and three. Then you bring the town Bowling Green. This is the homecoming game for Akron. Second leg of a back-to-back road trip for Bowling Green, and Akron has beat them two straight. I got to win.
1: I'm going to take the third straight for Akron. I like that game. I like that uh, spot for them. Very good spot.
0: Uh, and then you're going to go to Ohio. You're going to go to Athens and play the Ohio Bobcats. This is homecoming for OU. Uh, I'm going to have Akron take a loss. here.
1: I do have a loss there. That's a tricky game, but I do have a loss.
0: Uh, and then you have Central Michigan coming to town. You're going to play them at home, so that's good, but I am going to have them lose to Central Michigan. Same here. Then you go to Kent State. A little bit, you know, like we said, we're from Youngstown, Ohio. This is kind of regionally, you know, these are the schools we grew up around. Kent State and Akron, that's a rivalry. Akron actually leads the all time 35 to 27 uh, in the series, but they've lost the last three. Kent State whipped up on them last year, 38 to nothing. I'm going to take Kent State here.
1: I think it's a much closer game this year, but I am going to take Kent.
0: Very, very much agreed. Uh, And then you have Miami, Ohio coming to Akron. Um, Miami's won the last five times. They won last year 34-21. to 21. I'm going to have an upset. I got, I, got, I got Akron taking this one.
1: I have Miami here, but I would not be surprised if Akron took this game. I would not be surprised at all. It's a great spot for them to uh, pick up a win. So uh, I'm going to go lost, but I, but I can definitely see it. And then
0: you're getting later into the schedule, so Moorhead's getting used to Akron. All these guys are getting used to playing together that are transferred in. Things should be kind of swinging. you got a bye week, and then you bring Eastern Michigan to town. Uh, Eastern Michigan is also off the buy. Um, I have Akron taking a loss, but I think it's just really likely that you're going to see an upset in one of the Miami or Eastern Michigan games.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, I I originally had uh, Eastern Michigan picking this win up, but I uh, recently changed it to Akron. I think Akron could bit could win this game and uh, get kind of on the right page there.
0: Okay. Um, so next up, we are going to go to Buffalo. Buffalo's won four of the last five against Akron, won last year, 45 to 10. Um, interestingly enough, I mean, Buffalo went a different way. They brought in like a more NFL based head coach, but they've also been raiding the transfer portal year after year, um, recruiting at a pretty high level. So two teams that are kind of like lower in the conference, but doing some big things personnel wise, this game's like anybody's game being on the road. I'm going to give it to uh, Buffalo, but.
1: Yeah, I did the same thing there, right? Especially coming off of, you know, you had them against, you had them winning against Miami of Ohio. I had them against Eastern Michigan. So I don't think they uh, go to Buffalo and win.
0: All right. And then they're going to finish off the year at Northern Illinois, DeKalb, Illinois. And uh, I use one of the last six of this matchup. I'm going to give it to them again. I don't see any difference
1: there. I, I think they win that game.
0: So we both have them at three and nine. Over under is two and a half. Uh, for plus 135, I'm taking the over here.
1: Yeah, I, I like that a lot. I like that over there. I think you're guaranteed a win against St. Francis, and then you do get Bull and Green at home, which honestly should be a win. So you win one more game in your schedule, and you're covered, and it's plus money as well.
0: Absolutely. Uh, keep in mind, you know, Macs and games, anything, anything can happen in the Mac. Road games, it doesn't matter how talented the Mac team is. They could lose it. Like, it's it just, it's a conference where the talent is not, Typically separated by that much. Moorhead, as we said, arguably, you know, probably favorite for being the best coach in that conference. It just stacks up. I would be more surprised if this team won two or less games than I would if this team went bowling.
1: Yeah, yeah. Same here. They, I think they definitely have some potential on that team.
0: All right. So we're gonna move on to Scotty Leffler and the bowling Green Falcons. Uh this team shocked the world last year and went four and eight. They did. <laughs> Uh, but they did, they did get a win over Minnesota in Minnesota. So there was, there was that. <laughs> I don't even understand. <laughs> yeah, that was a mind blowing game. Not a good look for the uh, Golden Gophers out there. Um, this team is like number one, basically in returning production. They, they're fifth in defense returning production, but offense is number one. Total rating, ninety two percent of their returning production is back, and they're, that's good for number one in the country. So. Uh, nine starters on offense, eight back on defense. What what are you seeing as far as
1: personnel wise
0: on this team? Like,
1: I mean, they have everybody back. That Matt McDonald ended up having a pretty good year last year. Uh, he wasn't he wasn't anything great, but he was a decent game manager. And they do have pretty much everything back around him. Uh, they should improve a bit. They were 117th in offense last year, but uh, I, I think they they definitely could improve. Their defense is where they got it going though. And they had eight back, they have eight back on the 62nd ranked defense last year. Uh and uh this is this Darren Anders, uh eighth in the country in tackles. So that's interesting.
0: Yeah, 124 tackles. Um, they do have an end back that had seven and a half sacks last year. Here's the thing for me is you know, you look at that second 62nd total defense and you think that's pretty impressive, but 103rd against the run in the nation and 97th scoring defense. think I'm looking at that and and then you look at the offense and you think oh they bring nine starters back 109th scoring 120th rushing offense 117th total yeah I I think it's funny to say because they only won four games but this team overperformed last
1: year I think they did I think they did overperform last year and especially from a team that was just absolute bottom of the barrel for several years I mean this team would couldn't play FCS teams and lose by double digits on the regular. I mean, I don't think that – I don't think this team was as good as four and eight. Now, they do have some interesting pieces. They do have a lot of guys back, but I just – I I don't think this team has any business even coming close to winning and making a bowl game this year. Whereas, you know, if you were to see a team that was four and eight last year and has 17 starters back – you think they probably will, but no, not a chance on this team.
0: And I think that's what Vegas is is trying to – they set this number at three and a half. The over is minus 150. I think you're looking at it. You're seeing that this team won four games last year, which would have, would, would have hit that over. And you're looking and you're seeing the number one returning production team in the nation, and you're looking at those you know, nine on offense, eight on defense, and you say no way this team takes a step back but I think last year was more of the case of what we've been saying about the Mac is just anything can happen in the Mac on a week-to-week basis. Um, and I think that's what we're gonna see this year is I think other teams also something to keep into consideration. In 2020, this team was second in the conference in recruiting rankings. So we might have seen a lot of those guys yeah. just kind of hit their peak last year. Right. Who knows what happened in the transfer portal? I, I didn't really honestly look too much at what they lost. I know they only brought in 132nd. Ranked transfer portal class in the country this year, so that's not great. Um, I, I just don't think that everybody should be banking on a huge jump up here. So let's start off. You yeah, start off the schedule. You're <laughs> cross country. This is going to be the field for you, UCLA. They're going to <laughs> UCLA. This is the kind of regional matchup we're about to get right. all the time. You know, right. awesome. I got a loss there. That's a loss. How many fans are going to be at that game? Twelve. <laughs> I'll take the under on that. <laughs> uh, next up, you got Eastern Kentucky, uh, 24th-ranked FCS team in the country this year. I'm going to give Bowling Green a win, but tread lightly.
1: Yeah, I'm going to give him a win <laughs> there, but uh, but if that's a seven-point spread or less, I'd probably take Eastern Kentucky. <laughs> I probably would as well. Uh, and then you have Marshall coming to
0: town. This is homecoming for Bowling Green, so getting, a, getting an early homecoming game, as well as it's the second uh, leg of a back-to-back road trip for Marshall. Um, it's between Notre Dame and Troy for Marshall as well. I'm giving Bowling Green the loss, but that's that's a uh, that's a lot of things going for Bowling Green there.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Marshall there. I don't think Bowling Green has a uh, really as much of it. I think Marshall's way too talented.
0: All right, next up we are going to go to Mississippi State. Um, that's a loss.
1: Yeah, what's interesting is Bowling Green actually had the ninth ranked passing defense last year, <laughs> so. Uh, I think once they give up six hundred passing yards in this game, I think it'll kind of bump that down a little <laughs> yeah,
0: bit. It might scale that ranking back. Um and then as we discussed on the last one, second leg of the back-to-back road trip. They go to Akron. Uh we're giving the win to Akron.
1: Yeah, yeah, Akron gets the victory there.
0: Buffalo at home for Bowling Green. I'm actually gonna go ahead and give this win to Bowling Green.
1: Yeah, I did too. I think that uh they kind of start putting some talent together and they uh These guys have been playing together for a little bit. I think they could win the home game against Buffalo.
0: And then we bring to town Miami of Ohio. Something I think is interesting about this game: Bowling Green's actually a program. As much as we've been shitting on them, they're actually like a pretty reputable program. They were a really
1: good program when we were kids (laughs) for a long time. Yeah,
0: and uh, you know Bowling Green's twenty-four and forty-six all time against Miami of Ohio. I found that pretty surprising. I I know Miami of Ohio is a you know traditionally a good program too. Right. But uh, I, I found it surprising that it was that one-sided. So I, I did go Miami of Ohio here.
1: Uh, I went Bowling Green, actually, on the upset here as well. Okay. Is that uh, two yeah, straight I have, upsets I have two straight upsets there wow. for Bowling Green. Why don't you uh, just get down on all fours and let Scotty
0: Leffler take a turn, huh? <laughs> There's your dude-on-dude dude bowl. <laughs> uh, next up. At Central Michigan, I'm going to give them a loss. I think they get blown out in that game. All right, then we got a bye week, and we bring Western Michigan to town. Western Michigan is also on a bye week before this game.
1: I did give it to Bowling Green, though. I did too. I, I don't think much of Western Michigan this year, and I think Bowling Green takes up the takes the victory at home.
0: All right, and then you bring Kent State to town. Kent State won a close one last year. As we said, Bowling Green, pretty good traditional program. They're 60-23 and all-time against Kent. However, I think Kent State is going to really be on a roll towards the end of the season. I got them winning this game.
1: I think so, too. I'm pretty confident in Kent here. All right, and then we go two road games to end
0: off the season at Toledo and at OU. I'm going two losses. Two losses there for me as well. All right, so I have them at 3-9 and for the season.
1: I'm at four and eight. That being said, uh, I have I'm not confident in any win that I've given them this year. <laughs> not at all. Not Eastern Kentucky. Surely not Buffalo or Miami, and not Western Michigan either. So, so the uh, this is actually my favorite value play of the uh, of the MAC. I have the plus one thirty on the under three and a half, even though I have them with four wins. Uh, It's just kind of one of those things. I I really don't expect, uh, I guess, me to be right on all four (laughs) of those. So I'm going the under three and a half there.
0: Yeah, I'm also on the under. I picked a different value one, mostly just to be different from you. But uh, I I don't see a a lot of routes for this team to get the four wins. Like everything has to go right, basically. I'm not letting – he has a Scott Leffler poster above his bed right now, shirtless. I'm not letting his four wins get in my head. I know he just has a thing for this guy. I don't know why I'm going on the under.
1: I just, I just think he's kind of (laughs) cute.
0: All right. So now we move on to the Kent state golden flashes who Vegas gave a over under total of five. Um, It sounds surprising to me off the rip. Like five sounds really low for what I know that Sean Lewis has been doing with this program as of late, but um. When we get into the schedule, I think you'll kind of see, why wow, really tough schedule coming up here.
1: Yeah, and they lost Crumb, which is huge. I mean, he was a huge, huge player in that offense. Um, it kind of started and ended with him last year. However, they do bring back uh, Dante Cephas, a wide receiver, who I think is a potential NFL talent. Uh, they do have uh, two solid running backs and offensive line. Uh, they did lose their tackles but uh, the offensive lines should still be pretty good uh, this uh the offense was fourth in the country last year now while I don't expect them to be as good, I think they're still gonna be firing this year yeah I mean they they were first in the country during the covid year too. I
0: think a lot of this is um it's a system you know and when when you have college football systems, especially, with teams that can kind of continuously bring in the same amount of talent over and over as far as like their respective program. Um, I think, I think things just kind of pick up where they leave off. Now I got like crumb is like a, a tough replace, a tough thing to replace at a school like Kent state. However, the guy that does back him up has been there for two years. He's backed him up. It's Colin Schley, which is a really stupid name. <laughs> that is a dumb name. <laughs> but you know, you keep a lot of the weapons around him at wide receiver and running back as you covered. And then you got three starters on the O line back, and you brought in uh transfers from Michigan and Rutgers to the O line as well. Um I think the offense may be a slight step back, but I don't see it falling too far out of the top 10 in the country.
1: No, I mean, I think think you're going to be in that 10 to 15 range, and I think they're just going to be just fine.
0: Now, on the other side of the ball, things haven't been great. Um, The 121st scoring defense last year, 124th total. Um, They brought in a new coordinator from Northern Iowa, Jeremiah Johnson. Um, Seems like kind of a strong Amish name to me
1: it does uh northern and northern iowa uh they're always a very very good defensive team if you don't follow fcs northern Iowa is a powerhouse so that's that's a good hire for them
0: yeah i i do like that hire i mean it'd be hard to do much worse than what they've been doing on on defense and they do have seven starters back so there is some experience on that side of the ball so all right over under five wins let's dive into it um Man, Kent State didn't do your program many favors here. No,
1: no, not in the least bit. So we're going to
0: start off two straight road games: Washington and Oklahoma. There's two losses there. Two blowout losses. Yeah. Although Washington did lose to an FCS, like really, <laughs> that's <early>. true.
1: So <laughs> it's not
0: exactly a
1: hundred percent. But you
0: would expect two losses. Um, LIU, a pretty new program to the FCS. They went 2-8 last year. Uh, Kent State, going to get that one done.
1: Kind of win that game, yeah.
0: And then they go to Georgia. Uh, great move there. That's a loss.
1: <laughs> yeah, just bench your players at halftime because it's over. It's... Yeah, maybe first quarter. Yeah. Um,
0: and then you're going to have OU coming to town from Athens to Kent. I'm going to give Kent State the win here. It is homecoming for Kent.
1: Yeah, I gave them the win as well. I think that's a that's a solid win for them.
0: And then Kent goes on the road for two more straight weeks. They're going to go to Miami of Ohio and to Toledo, two of the uh, better teams in the back this year.
1: Now this is one, this is one place where the schedule kind of does you a favor. Now you don't, you don't like having to play uh Miami of Ohio and Toledo on the road, but at the same time, I think you lose both of those games anyway. So you might as well get two of your road games out of your system and, and get your losses in. So You know you the schedule weakens up a bit towards the end of the season you bring some teams at home which is a nice thing for them
0: yeah uh coming up after that you're gonna have akron at home that's a win that's a win and you have a bye week and you've got ball state coming to town uh ball state also has a bye however i think kent state's in a much better place right now
1: i'm giving them a win there. i think that's another win yeah
0: then you go to bowling green i'm gonna give kent state the win same here uh have eastern michigan come to town so a really good team to come home uh also uh, it's the second leg of a back-to-back road trip for Eastern Michigan, so I got Kent.
1: I do too, so that's four in a row for them.
0: And they finish off the season at Buffalo. Kent did win last year, 48-38, to 38, but I haven't taken it out here.
1: Yeah, I, I have the loss there, so I do have Kent at 6-6 uh, six and six this year.
0: I have him at 6-6 six and six as well, so even with that really, really tough schedule, I mean, that is a murderer's row of scheduling, I still have this team going over. I feel like I gave them losses – in all the appropriate spots, plus a loss to Buffalo, which I think could be a win. I, I like the over here.
1: Yeah, I do too. And I think that that Vegas adjusted the over under really well for how tough their schedule was early on. So uh, that five is a is a good spot. I think if I'm going to take the over, and and hell, you know, if they if they lose one of the games that we had a projected win, and you still push. So I like the over there a good amount.
0: Yeah, same here. All right, moving on to ball. Yeah, man, winning four games—that's not going to happen there. at That Kent State team. No, no, that's that's really it seems good, too own. good. All right, um, moving on to Ball State, the Cardinals. They're over under a set five and a half. Now on the other side of the Bowling Green coin, Bowling Green brought back everybody. This is one of the worst teams in the nation. 127th in total returning production. 117th on offense. 127th on defense. This team lost everything. Um, and honestly, 113th in the transfer portal, like you'd expect to see something better than that if you lose that much production. The recruiting numbers have been middle to lower the pack of the of the uh of the Mac. I, I guess what? Nobody wants to go to Muncie, Indiana.
1: Yeah, right. And uh Ball State, the thing with them too is they were a very disappointing team last year. Yes, they did make a bowl game. Yes, they won six games, but I mean, that was a team that that some people thought were going to win ten games last year, and and for this, you know, in the in the year before, they were such a surprise. So, I, for them to have a disappointing sort of season last year and then to lose everybody, I think this team's going to have problems.
0: I think so as well. I mean, you do have, it, it's crazy. It, it tells you what Drew Plitt was to the offense because you have eight starters back on offense, but the production is what you lost. Um, so, so a redshirt senior, John Paddock, who's been backing up Drew Plitt for all these years, he's going to take over. Now he does have running back Carson Steele, who had over 1,000 all-purpose yards last year as a freshman. They have all five linemen back, Johannes Tyler, and Jay Sean Jackson at wide receiver, who combined for over 118 catches last year, 1,300 yards and 11 touchdowns. So I am seeing some talent left on that offense.
1: There is a thing that really worries me about this team is is their offensive line while they do have a lot of a lot of returners uh they they weren't very good last year and their quarterback their new quarterback is 5'11" 196 so what that tells me and and from what they said he doesn't have a very strong arm either <clears throat> so they do have the receivers back but if he's running for his life and he's small and he's hasn't started I, I think it might be a tough road for them. And John
0: Paddock sounds like a baseball name too.
1: That's definitely a baseball name. A catcher probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's
0: a catcher. Definitely a catcher. <laughs> Catching a dick. <laughs> uh, all right. And yeah, and then the defense also, they bring five starters back, so not fantastic. And they lost uh, the 2020 Mac defensive player of the year, Brandon Martin. Oh, no, he is back actually. I'm sorry. So on the defense that needs to improve, they do at least have that coming back. Um, let's just get into the schedule. Let's see what we really think about this team. Okay. First game at Tennessee. That's going to be a loss. That's a loss. Then you have Western Michigan and Murray State consecutively at home. It's the second leg of a back-to-back for Western Michigan, week two. So, they just apparently just want to start on the road. That's pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I got two wins there for Ball State. I do as well. All right. And then you're going to go to Georgia Southern. So, take a trip down south. I don't think a lot of Georgia Southern – I think this is a 50-50 game, but I gave the win to Southern here.
1: I did too. I think that uh, uh, Georgia Southern's not a very good team this year, but but uh, as far as as far as this goes, it's a long trip, and that's uh, Mac the Mac and the Sun Belt. When the when you are talking that, it's that's not a good road when you are going uh, when you are going cross country or or I guess north and south to that kind of place. So.
0: Right. Um, and then NIU comes to town, Northern Illinois. Uh, this is the second back-to-back road trip for Northern Illinois. Um, but I still have them taking this game. I think they're too talented.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I have a NIU there.
0: And then to central Michigan, this is homecoming for central Michigan. Easy win for, uh, the Chippewas there. Agreed. And then you have Yukon coming to town. I'm going to have, uh, Ball State get it done.
1: Uh, I had Yukon there actually. I, I, uh, thought a little bit more of that UConn team than I do the Ball State team, and uh, I, I had them picking up the win. Interesting.
0: Definitely could see it. I mean, you know, if, if Ball State starts off rough and Jim Moore gets the Huskies rolling a little bit, this could be a good momentum spot. Um, it is the second leg of a back-to-back for UConn. That's, that's one of the only things that kept me from having that as a uh, upset spot. And then you bring Eastern Michigan to town. And I actually did give this game to ball state It is homecoming. I, I just gave it to him.
1: Right. And I, I, gave that one to Eastern Michigan. I, I just did not think much of this ball state team. And I, uh, I think Eastern Michigan's going to have uh, too much talent there on the, on the lines and be able to put some pressure on paddock a lot. So I don't, I don't like it for them.
0: And then coming out of a bye week ball state's going to go on the road for two straight weeks they're going to go to Kent State and to Toledo, a brutal, brutal two week away stretch there. I got them losing both games. So do I. And then they bring OU to town, second leg of a back to back road trip for OU. I'm going to give it to
1: Ball State. I gave that one to Ball State. Yeah, I think that they uh, picked that victory up.
0: And then they finish off the season at Miami of Ohio. I have a loss there for Ball State.
1: Yeah, that's a definite loss for me.
0: So I have them at five and seven.
1: And I have them three and nine. So a little different on that.
0: Yeah. However, the over under is five and a half. And I feel like I gave them some games that I, I gave them some games that they could very easily lose. I feel really confident in this under.
1: Yeah, I do too. Under five and a half is an easy play for me. And, oh, yeah.
0: and it's only minus 110, so you're almost even odds. I like that one a lot. Yeah, definitely. All right, so we are going to move on to the Ohio Bobcats. Now you're looking at this team through a whole new lens. I mean, for those of you that know. Frank Solich had this team in competition for the MAC championship every single year, um, and it wasn't a team that Power Fives looked forward to having on the schedule. Frank Solich was a hell of a coach. Retired last year, kind of unexpectedly with health problems.
1: Yeah, and uh, what's interesting about OU is they are uh, their over under is five and a half this year. However, the uh, the write ups that I was looking at on them, had them projected 123rd in the country. So it's kind of, nobody really think, knows what to think about them. They're kind of, everyone's kind of scrambling. And you don't know, like this team's one of usually the best Mac teams, but you lost Solich, but then like, they still have talent. And then like, they have Rourke at quarterback, but it's not, you know, the original Rourke, it's his brother. So it's kind of like, nobody really knows.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, only three starters coming back to this offense. Um, I expected a lot. I was I was even losing Solich last year. I thought bringing in Tim Alban as head coach, he was with Solich for all those years at OU. Um, I really thought the transition was going to be more smooth. So it's really hard for me to pick which side I think. Like I, I guess I'm just in the majority with everyone else where I don't know if I expect this team to get back on track this year or – if Solich was just, like, that magical of a coach and just – I mean, I mean the, the recruiting, even before he was gone, they were 11th in the conference in 2020, 9th in the conference in 2021, and then this year it's all, all the way down to 132nd nationally, 12th in the conference. So Solich has been doing more with less for a long, long time, and maybe even though Tim Albin was there for all those years, it's just not something he can
1: continue. Yeah, it could be. And then looking at this team last year, I mean, they – they had an absolutely horrible start to the season. They did uh, pick it up towards the end with uh, two upset victories later in the season over Miami of Ohio and Eastern Michigan, uh, and then a play, played a close game with Toledo as well. But uh, so that was kind of kind of a good end to the season for them. But but coming in this year, you know, now you lost the majority the majority of your talent on offense, other than Rourke, and uh, that defense was 104th last year. So I
0: don't know. Yeah, I mean, you do bring nine
1: starters back on that
0: side of the ball. I I think I expect this team to improve, but um, maybe it's just going to take a few years of seeing them under somebody other than Solich before I accept that they're no longer what they've been. Um, So let's get into it, get into the schedule over under five and a half. We're going to start off bringing Florida Atlantic to town, and I'm going to give OU a win there.
1: I gave them a loss here. Uh, I think Florida Atlantic's a bit more talented of a team, and – Uh, even though I hate taking the road team in those type of matchups, uh, I am going to go FAU here.
0: Yeah. I mean, it is still early in the season to where it should be warm in Ohio. So, and it is the first game. Right. right. (laughs) I get creeped out taking Florida teams anytime they travel north of like Florida. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So that's why I guess I gave the win to OU, but. You know, kind to of had you make me repick that game. I'm, I might even go the other way. So very 50-50 for me there. Um, next up, you got at Penn State and then at Iowa State. So no no favors there. No. Two losses. Then you bring Fordham to town. They were 6-5 and five in the FCS last year. Should get this one done for OU. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, then you go to Kent State. It's a homecoming game for Kent State. I'm going to give it to the Golden Flashes.
1: Yeah, I did the same thing. I think Kent's a little bit better in place right now, and, and it's at Kent.
0: And next up, homecoming game in Athens, Ohio for the Bobcats. Uh, I gave them the win over Akron.
1: Yeah, I did as well. I think that's a that's a pretty solid win for them.
0: All right, and then you go to Western Michigan. Uh, it's homecoming game for Western Michigan, so all kinds of homecomings going on. Yeah. Uh, I, I gave the win to Western Michigan. I did as well. And then you bring Northern Illinois to town. This is the second leg of a back-to-back for NIU, but I still have them winning this game. I do too. And then you have the bye week, and you bring the Buffalo Bulls to town. Buffalo also has a bye before this game, but I gave the win to OU.
1: I gave it to OU as well. I like that spot for them.
0: Yeah, I mean, bu- Buffalo traveling to Athens, I mean, that's southern Ohio. That's a pretty long trip.
1: That is a, That is a long trip. Um.
0: So next up, you are going to have another back-to-back road spot for the Bobcats. They're going to go to Miami of Ohio and then to Ball State. I gave them losses in both of those games. As
1: did I. Yeah, I think those are two losses for them.
0: And then you finished off the season bringing in your boy Scotty Leffler and the Falcons' uh, <laughs> second straight road game for Bowling Green. I gave the win to OU. As did I. Yeah. So I have this team going five and seven. I'm at four and eight. I have a really hard time seeing this team getting to bowl
1: eligible. Yeah, I do too. I just don't think they have enough there. And I think the under is a pretty strong play under five and a half at minus minus one ten.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Almost getting even odds. Yeah. I I feel pretty good. I think it's really tacking on three more wins than they had last year. I, I just don't see it with this team. I think it's a pretty comfortable play. Yeah. All right. So now we move on to the Buffalo bulls. Um, this team really fell off the map last year. This was one of my favorite unders in the country last year. Um, Maurice Lindquist is back for his second year as head coach. Now, what makes this so difficult is this over-under is set at 5.5, so you're just talking bowl eligible. Seems like a big jump you know, after 4-8 and eight last year, and their only wins last year were against Wagner at Old Dominion, Ohio University, who we just covered, and at Akron. So not strong wins. However, this team recruits like the 2022 Linquist, you know, first real offseason as a head coach here. They're up to second in the conference in recruiting. They were number 29 in the transfer portal. So, uh, what are you what are you making of things there in Buffalo?
1: Um, they only bring back two offensive starters. That's going to be a brand new offense. Uh, however, their defense they do have most of their front seven intact. Uh, they do have an all-mac guy at defensive tackle as well as linebacker. So they do have plenty of talent on defense. Also, they brought in Blades from Florida at cornerback. Um that's very interesting. I mean, he's a he's a guy. Elijah Blades is a guy that can be NFL talent, uh, playing corner for the for the Bulls, who who really they uh they the secondary was kind of the only thing that that looked like it could be pretty weak this year. So I don't know. I mean, they they definitely have some talent on that defense, and you don't really know what you're gonna get out of the offense, but but you never know. Yeah, I mean, the defense, the defenses I think were the most pro um,
0: the, the biggest question mark. This this could go really either way. Lindquist was an NFL defensive coach. Um, they brought in talent all over the place from power five. I mean, you mentioned blades. So, defense was really the that number 29 ranking in the country through the transfer portal. Defense was where, where most of that comes in. Um, they did also bring in a couple key pieces on offense, too. Justin Marshall, wide receiver from Louisville, who I remember from uh, fantasy football, like just playing on DFS. Um, Justin Marshall was a pretty decent wide receiver. And then also, uh, Booby Curry, another wide receiver coming in from Arizona. So, Linquist really worked the transfer portal. It's going to be interesting to see what that does uh, as the season goes on. It makes it really hard to project this team. So let's get into it. Over under five and a half, we're going to start off the season at Maryland.
1: I think that's a loss. Uh, Maryland, as we know, always starts off red hot and kind of fades after that. So I think that's a loss for them.
0: Yeah, same here. Yeah, Maryland's like one of the toughest teams in the country in like the first two or three weeks and then just becomes complete dog shit after that um then you have holy cross coming to town number 11th ranked team in the fcs this year a playoff team last year i'm I'm gonna give the win to buffalo but no gimme
1: yeah same here i I think that's that could be a tricky game
0: Then a pretty tough back-to-back road spot here they're gonna travel to coastal carolina and then travel to eastern michigan i'm gonna give them l's in both of those games
1: yeah i have two losses there as well
0: um, and then you have Miami of Ohio coming to town. This is the second leg of a back-to-back for Miami of Ohio, as well as homecoming for Buffalo. I gave the win to Buffalo.
1: As did I. I think I think Buffalo could pick this one up after uh, the two back-to-back losses.
0: And then you have another back-to-back road spot here for the Buffalo Bulls, uh, Bowling Green and UMass. So two winnable games. However, I do have them splitting it. I have them going and losing at Bowling Green and winning against UMass. I have the same thing. And then you're going to bring to town Toledo. Uh, I have them dropping to the Rockets.
1: Yeah, I've been losing that Toledo game. Uh, Toledo's just got too much firepower.
0: Uh, Buy week for Buffalo. Also a bye week for OU before this game where they meet up. The game is in Athens. I have Ohio beating Buffalo. I do too, but that game really could go either way. That's like one of the most 50-50 games I've ever seen. Uh, and another set of back-to-back road trips here as the game after that is going to be at Central Michigan. I have Central Michigan taking that game. Yeah, me too. Uh, And then you finish off the season bringing both Akron and Kent State to town. I'm going to have them win both of those.
1: I do too. I think at that point in the season the offense should be clicking a bit, and I think that they uh, pick up both of those wins. Okay, so that puts me at 5-7 and for this team. How about you? 5-7
0: and as well. And it's really hard. I mean, like you could trade wins and losses here and there throughout this schedule, but I don't really, I don't really see them getting six or more.
1: No, neither do I. I went the uh, under five and a half. You got a uh, plus plus one hundred odds. Uh so you're you're getting exactly back what you put in. I, I go, I'm going the under. Like
0: we said, really tough one to gauge there with all the talent brought in through the transfer portal, but yeah, I, I'm gonna stick on the under two. Just not a ton of confidence. Uh, next up we have the Western Michigan Broncos. Um, this team seven and five last year. So a lot going on, uh, as far as they were, they were good last year. However, this year they are the 130th. Keep in mind, there's 131 teams this year. So not dead last this year, but almost in returning production on offense, 124th in total returning production as a team. So this team lost a lot. Um, Nothing really crazy going on in recruiting over the last. I mean, twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one, they were in the top five in the conference. This past year, they were number eighth. Uh, not too much crazy
1: in the transfer portal. Over under set at six and a half. What do you what do you see in here? Uh, I in my notes, I just wrote lost everything uh, <laughs> on offense. Uh, however, I did I did mention the running backs here. Uh, they do have Ladarius Jefferson back. Uh, they also have uh, Sean Tyler. Oh, no, Sean Tyler's gone. So they have Ladarius Jefferson back. I have them both back. Oh, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, this says Tyler returns, so I don't really know. Yeah, I think I think he is back. back. Uh, but they were 17th in the country last year in rushing. Uh, so having both of those guys back, I mean, Jefferson 6'1", 235, uh, big running back there. So they they should be able to run the ball. Uh, problem is, is that they don't really bring anything else back. So you could kind of, you can kind of uh, play that run, and it's, I think it's going to be tough for them as far as defense goes. I mean, they were. It seems interesting because they were the 12th ranked offense last year and the 18th ranked defense, but they lost five games. I don't really get that. Like,
0: <laughs> I, that's just Mac football. Yeah, it know. really is. I mean, they beat Pitt, and they probably lost to like buffalo
1: yeah <laughs> if i had to guess it was yeah. something
0: like that that's just right. how
1: the mac works right they did they did beat buffalo but they lost they got blown out at home by ball states you, you know <laughs> uh so you know defensively they bring back the trio of linebackers that are pretty good and experienced so they do have some talent back the problem is is they just they lost a bulk of their team on both sides of the ball so i i think it's going to be kind of a tough year for them uh you know, it is Western Michigan, and they and they do kind of reload a little bit as far as the MAC is concerned. So I don't think they're going to be bottom of the barrel, but but they might have some catching up to do. I think one very interesting thing to watch
0: is they did bring in a transfer quarterback from Alabama, Stone Hollabock. So, you know, you, you hear that and you just think quarterback that came from Alabama, like you might – might have some talent to him, but I I don't really know. I mean, that's a complete unknown. So right, and they also lost a pair of first team All MAC defensive linemen. So they have like really good linebackers as far as they were All MAC, but losing two D linemen. I mean, everything starts on the lines on both sides of the ball, and their O line and D line both look to be like rebuilt. So right, that's a little little troublesome to me. So we're gonna start off. We're looking at over under six and a half. Start off with back-to-back road trips, Michigan State and Ball State. I'm giving them two two losses.
1: Yeah, I have them losses in both of those games. And then we are going to bring Pitt
0: to town, and I think Pitt is going to beat the hell out of this team for Western Michigan beating them last year. Yeah, I think so too. I don't think
1: this game's going to be within
0: 20 or even 30. And then they are going to go <laughs> – this is a great matchup. They're going to go across country to San Jose State. Uh, San Jose State has a bye before. Uh, that's a pretty easy win for San Jose State to me.
1: Yeah, see, this is the problem with teams like this. You know, you you have – you're a, a good program and you have a bit of momentum even though you lost a lot. You won eight games last year, but but you're you're going to start off as as uh, both of us said. We both feel that they're going to start off 0-4. Because you're playing Michigan State and Pittsburgh, you're going all the way to San Jose State, and, and your road game, your conference game against Ball State. But I mean, that's kind of sandwiched in there, and you don't really know. So, I mean, they, at best, I think they start off one and three.
0: Oh, one and three is their absolute best case scenario. Yeah. And, and you're talking a team that hit the over, you got to win seven games. Right. That's rough. Um, so we both got them going 0-4 to start, and then they bring New Hampshire and Eastern Michigan in town. I, I got them winning both of those. I do too. All right, and then you bring OU to town. It's homecoming for Western Michigan. I also get, got got them getting that one.
1: Me too. So they get it going here, win three in a row. All right, so we both have them 3-4, and four,
0: and then they take a trip to play at Miami of Ohio. Uh, I'm giving that win to Miami of Ohio. Same with me. Okay, and then the bye week, and then they travel to play Bowling Green, who also has a bye before this game. I gave the win to Bowling Green. I did as well. I I like Bowling Green in that spot. All right, and then they bring NIU to town, Northern Illinois. Uh, I actually have them beating Northern Illinois because this game is sandwiched right in between Central Michigan and Miami for NIU. So I just thought it was a good spot for
1: them to drop it. Interesting. I I also had the win there. It's a kind of a creepy spot. And I like that for them. Uh, yeah,
0: me too. Um, then they travel to play Jim McElwain in the chip. <laughs> it's really cool to me that Jim McElwain coaches a team called the chip. That is, so it seems to make using. a lot of sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have them losing that game. I do too. And then losing the final game of the season to Toledo.
1: I do have them with the upset over Toledo. I I don't have any reason for it. I just think it's a decent spot. I think Toledo's on a roll at that point, And I think they, uh, kind of catch him there. That's mad football, All right? <laughs> All right, so I have them at four and eight for the year. I have them five and seven, and that's also that Toledo game seems to be on an odd day. I don't know when, but it's uh, it looks like there's seven days in between games for a couple of weeks. Although those could be Wednesday games or something. Yeah. Uh, but then they then they have nine games between Central Michigan and Toledo, or nine days. So, uh, who knows? Who knows? Really, I'm not gonna forget <laughs> a calendar right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Screw
0: that. <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean. Um, I don't see this team getting to seven wins. Uh, I feel pretty confident in the under. Now it is minus one forty-five, but I feel pretty good about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, so you had them at four and eight, I had them at five and seven. That's both well under the six and a half. So, so we're both going to go under
0: there. I mean, this team, this team was pretty solid last year, and they they won seven games. So, yeah, I, I just don't see it now. So that brings us to the Miami of Ohio Red Hawks. This team um, went six and six last year, which feels like a pretty normal thing for Miami of Ohio to do is go six and six. Feels like that's kind of right around what they are every year. Um, Number one recruiting class in the country this year. So that's, that's pretty awesome. Um, Their losses last year were at Cincinnati, at Minnesota by four at army at Eastern Michigan by one, at OU by two, and at Kent by one. So like every single one of their six losses were on the road and they're all close except for Cincy.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, number one recruiting uh, class in the conference. They, uh, you know, they have some talent coming in and Brett Gabbert back at quarterback, uh, good offensive line, running backs back. They have an Indiana transfer at wide receiver. Um Problem problem could be their defense. They lost most of their defensive, their best defensive players. Um, they did lose, or they do have a uh, linebacker back, uh, a decent linebacker. Uh, Matthew Salopek showed promise in this Russian season, um, but uh, Ryan McWood is the guy I'm looking at. Ryan McWood, uh, season-ending injury in the first game last year. Uh, had 99 tackles in his last full season, but that was back in 2019. So, uh, but, they, but they do have some guys here. Uh, I think it's more going to be more of an offensive team rather than balanced like it was the year before.
0: Yeah, I agree. They only bring back uh, 47% of their defensive production from last year. However, 34th in the country in uh, offensive returning production. So that seems to be like what it's going to be focused around. They did add an Iowa State transfer, Corey Suttle to the d-line so they lost a lot on the d-line they did add that i do like that to shore things up a little bit um over under six and a half uh let's get into it first game of the year is going to be at kentucky it feels like these two teams should play all the time I, i doubt that that's true but it just feels like they do uh i
1: gave them a loss i gave them a loss but that being said uh you know this is this is the type of game that Kentucky could lose it really is and especially because i, I believe uh, kentucky brings in uh our hometown of youngstown state after that <laughs> uh so i think i don't think they're going to lose to youngstown state uh although youngstown state did beat pittsburgh a few years ago <laughs> that is true um, but uh but i think that uh, i i definitely have kentucky win this game however uh, i i'm probably at about 85% confidence <laughs> Uh, then they're going to bring Robert
0: Morris 4 and 6 in the FCS last year to town so I will give him a win there uh, me as well and then they play Cincinnati at Paul Brown Stadium neutral site game um, i mean i'm sure a lot of people would be surprised to know you know if you're just catching on this is this is a rivalry and it's 59 and 59 all time deadlocked now obviously Cincinnati's won the last 15 Right. But I mean going back this has been a pretty even series and a pretty good
1: rivalry. It's game. a huge rivalry. Yeah, I mean it's it's the opposite side of Ohio that we were on but you know everybody knew about it and it's uh yeah, it's a huge rivalry game. That being said, uh Cincinnati obviously has all the talent in the world still and and I don't think that Miami of Ohio really has a shot in that game but uh it is a rivalry so anything can happen. Agreed. So loss
0: for Miami of Ohio there. And then you're going to take a back-to-back road trip here to Northwestern, and then go to Buffalo. Um, I have those both as losses, but yeah. anything can happen in either one of those
1: games. I do too, <laughs> and and that's the thing with this team. I mean, they, you know, they have that talented offense, and their defense might be okay. It's just their their schedule. Their schedule does not do them any favors for the first part of the season at all. It really doesn't. But
0: like that being said, the two power fives they play are like both ones that are prone to losing to group of five teams. Yeah, and I you mean know? that
1: Cincinnati game is a rivalry game. Yeah. So really, I mean, no, you're not going to. I mean, win all of those. But I mean, if you sneak one in, now you're talking. You know. Yeah. So we have them both starting at one and
0: three, but you know, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised to see a two and two squeak out of there somehow. Yeah. No. Um, but one and three, and then bring Kent State to town. This is the homecoming game for Miami of Ohio. I got them winning it. I do, too. And then you go at Bowling Green. I have Miami of Ohio winning that as well.
1: Uh, that's where I had that Bowling Green win. I just <laughs> had a feeling on that game. Yep. Scotty Leffler looks glistening in that poster. above <laughs> your bed.
0: Uh, and then you bring Western Michigan to town. Um, Miami has actually lost seven in a row against Western Michigan. I do have them getting this one done, though. Yeah,
1: I do, too. And then you go at Akron. That is actually where I have the Akron upset. And I have uh, Miami of Ohio there. So it kind of evens out our
0: predictions. Yep. And then you got a bye week and you have OU coming to town. I have uh, Miami getting that one done. Me too. And then you go to Northern Illinois. I have a loss there. Yep. Same here. And bring Ball State to town. i am giving Miami of Ohio the win
1: there. Same here. So six and six is where I have them. And that's also what I have for my... Uh, the under six and a half is plus one fifteen. I would lean the under. However, I wouldn't be shocked if this team won eight games this year.
0: I wouldn't either. I mean, it's 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 mostly it's just a play on how how tough the schedule is. I mean, you gotta like getting Kent State at home, Western Michigan at home. Uh, you know, those those are good games to get at home. Your road games are two of the weaker teams in the conference. You know, preseason actually three of the weaker. You have Buffalo, Bowling Green, and Akron as far as on paper all kind of being the weaker teams in the conference as far as we know now. So those, those aren't bad teams that have to travel to play.
1: Now, the scary thing about this over-under is I, I went under 6.5 for the value plus the 115 because they I have them going 6-6, six and six, so it's, it's what I had it. However, this is one of those teams where you don't really have any wiggle room. Like, all of their wins I gave them, I can't see them losing that game at all. So but out of their six losses i gave them i could see them potentially winning two or three of those games so and and really in a, i don't even know which games they would be cuz all six of them are somewhat not necessarily winnable games but but somewhat in the ballpark of you can get an upset so so i mean i think there's a better chance to me there's a better chance that this team wins 9 games than they do less than six. You but know. I do have them at six and six. You
0: know, it's like we said last year, all six of their losses were road games. Most of those games were tougher than, you know, you had OU on the road, which they lost. That team wasn't all that great. All their other games that they lost on the road, those were tough. So if you equal out the, that road record a little bit and get one of the Buffalo Bowling Green, Akron, I mean, you have a lot better chance of doing better than that six and six last year. So that is a really... Really tricky over under. The over, we didn't mention it because we both took the under. The over is minus 135. So I'm not gonna play this one in particular, but you picking the value. It's gotta be the under.
1: Same here, yeah.
0: Um, all right. So next up we're gonna talk Eastern Michigan Eagles football. Uh coach Chris Creighton back for year nine as head coach 37 and 57 at the University of Eastern Michigan, Eastern Michigan University. Um which is actually like fantastic, considering he took over a shit storm of a program and went like one in eleven like his first
1: two years, right? Uh, they do have a new quarterback, but they do have eight back on offense, uh, including a thousand yard receiver and five back on an offensive line uh, that was pretty good last year. They didn't have the best rushing attack, but they were thirty fourth in passing, uh, and the offensive line does have some definite pieces on there. Uh, it's a big offensive line, uh, 309, 334, 317, 305. Even your center is 285. So, I mean, that's a big a guy, 6'7", six, 6'5". Six, so, and they're all back. So I, I do like that offensive line a lot. Uh, defenses, I'm sure you'll get into more. They they had some transfers filling some holes. Uh, they should be improved a little bit, but they were 107th last year.
0: I mean, I don't have a
1: lot of great things
0: about the defense to say. Honestly, they, they weren't very good last year. Um, they do return their top pass rusher, their top tackler, and their top interception leader last year. So I, right, I, mean, I guess right, that's good. Yeah, But it, it just wasn't a good defense. It seems like Chris Creighton just kind of rolls with the team he has. And if it's a ground-and-pound defensive-style team, that's what he goes with. And I think he adjusted. He had Ben Bryant last year, and this team slung the ball all over the fucking place. They bring back wide receiver Hassan Badun. He had over 1,000 yards receiving last year. Um, they did, in the transfer portal, bring in a former Missouri recruit. Um, he's, he's now a transfer from Troy. He was at Troy last year. His name's Taylor Powell. So they got a talented guy to replace Ben Bryant, at, a at quarterback. I mean, he covered the O-line. It seems like it's going to be a similar team to last year where the defense is probably not great, but the offense is probably going to Probably going to put up some points. I mean, 51st scoring offense last year, so I see them throwing the rock around a lot this year. Yeah,
1: and they do have some – they brought in some linebackers, a linebacker from Boston College, a linebacker from Michigan State, so there could be some talent in there. So it will be an interesting uh, thing to see. All right, and we will see now with the over
0: under set at 6.5, they start off the season against Eastern Kentucky, who we already said was ranked number 24 in the FCS this year. Uh, I got to win in that game.
1: Yeah, I do as well.
0: And then they go on the road for back to back weeks at ULL Louisiana Lafayette and at Arizona state.
1: That's two losses for me.
0: I have two losses as well. However, I will say that Eastern Michigan and Chris Creighton have a tendency to play just as tough on the road as they do at home. Like they, their team yeah. doesn't really have like a bias to where they play. Right. They just kind of play everybody pretty tough. Um, Louisiana breaking in a whole new set of everything this year. They lost right. Levi Lewis. They lost Billy Napier, the coach. So who knows what's going to happen there? Also, Arizona State, they still have a lot pending over their head. Um, this game is sandwiched in between Oklahoma State. You know what? I'm putting my nuts on the fucking table. I'm giving a win to Eastern Michigan over Arizona State. I could I totally
1: see it. I could totally see it. <laughs> it's, I'm,
0: it's sandwiched right between Oklahoma State and Utah for Arizona State. There's... Pending sanctions all over the place. Half of Arizona State transfer off of that fucking team. I'm, I'm just going out there and I'm, I'm giving the win to EMU.
1: I could see I'm I'm gonna cuck to you here and I'm gonna take uh Arizona State, but <laughs> but I don't uh I I could see it though. I could see it. That game is not is not a sure thing.
0: All right. And then you were gonna bring a couple of teams home to play. You got the second of a back-to-back road trip for Buffalo. Coming to town, and then you have homecoming for EMU. Second leg of a back-to-back also for UMass. I gave EMU wins over Buffalo and UMass. Even. I did also. Um, and then you're going to take a trip to Western Michigan. Uh, Eastern Michigan won this game by one at home last year. I'm going to give the loss to Eastern Michigan here this year. Same here. Then you bring NIU to town in a pretty good spot. This follows Toledo for NIU, so they're going to be pretty locked into that Toledo game, I think. I'm going to give uh, – and they're going to leave it all on the table that game, I guess, is what I'm saying. Uh, I'm going to give the win to Eastern Michigan. Me too. And then you go to Ball State. This is homecoming game for Ball State. I actually gave this win to Ball State.
1: I gave it to Eastern Michigan on this one. Uh, I just had a feeling about this game. I And as you heard before, I don't think much of Ball State. So, so I, I gave them uh, – I gave Eastern the win. All right,
0: and then you bring Toledo to town. This is the second leg of a back-to-back road trip for Toledo, so I went Eastern Michigan. I went uh, Toledo, actually, here. I like the Toledo Toledo win. All right, bye week for EMU, and then they take another back-to-back road trip. They go to Akron and to Kent State. I have them splitting, beating Akron, losing to Kent State.
1: I have two losses there. I have the Akron upset, so I have uh, double losses.
0: Okay, and then they are going to bring Jim McElwain's shark-humping antics. Out to um, play uh, the gray turf is what I was trying to say. Yes, I, I thought of the teal for a minute. Oh yeah, like, no, they're the ones that look like they're on a field on a black and white television. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Central Michigan comes to town. I gave the win to EMU. Uh,
1: I gave it to uh, Central Michigan. Actually, there I, I really like that Central Michigan team this year. Uh, so I did. I do have Eastern Michigan at five and seven.
0: I have them at seven and five. I actually went with the over six and a half at plus one thirty-five.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm very uh I'm very conflicted on this over-under. Uh so the over-under is six and a half. Yes. Um I I still have the I have them at five wins, but if I had to bet this, I would go over six and a half at the plus one thirty-five. Cause that under is god-awful odds. Yeah,
0: Vegas really took the ball out of your court making an under minus 160.
1: There's minus no minus 160. Value. I'm I'm never betting that. So I, no, I wouldn't bet this over under one way or another. But I mean, I could see you know, Adam with five wins, but I mean they could potentially they could beat Akron. They could potentially beat Kent. Uh that Arizona State game's creepy. Lafayette's creepy. Uh Western Michigan's a rivalry. So I can I can definitely see it. I I'm gonna. I'm going to stick with the over, even though I do have them at five and seven.
0: Man, I'm like a little more tempted now that I gave them that Arizona State game. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to like just completely immerse myself in that call now. Right. I'm going to talk a lot of shit if that happens to nobody in particular,
1: but yeah, just, <laughs> just to your walls. Yeah.
0: To my Scott Leffler poster over <laughs> my bed. all right All uh, right. Next up, the Northern Illinois Huskies bringing back the eighth uh 83 percent of their returning production total good for eighth in the country so a lot coming back they were eight and four last year they won the mac last year however seven of their wins last year were by a td or less this team was extremely 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 lucky uh last year like ungodly so
1: (laughs) they were they were uh they bring back uh rocky lombardi former michigan state guy uh, back at quarterback, uh, they did lose a uh, big running back last year, uh, Jay Ducker, uh, freshman of the year. Um, but that offensive line that they have there is a very good offensive line, and they have four guys back. So I don't think that it's going to be as big of a blow as a lot of people think. Um, so you have you have Lombardi, you can throw uh, this uh, Harrison Whaley, sophomore at running back. He's had some time in as well. So. I think that offense is going to be just fine. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, they got four or five starters back, as you said, but they
0: run 10 deep with experience. Oh, wow. A ton of experience on that offensive line just by way of injuries and whatever else. But um, also they have a wide receiver that's coming back this year. His name's Trayvon Rudolph. He had 14 catches for 309 yards and three TDs against Kent State last year. Wow. So that's nasty. Um Like you said, Rocky Lombardi back. Justin Lynch transferred in this year. Quarter, uh, uh, brother, younger brother of Jordan Lynch, former NIU quarterback. One of my favorite players to like ever play there. That's awesome. Him and uh, Garrett Wolf love both of those guys. Yeah, Uh, um, yeah. And then the entire D is back. Uh, They have three projected All MAC players. They weren't a great defense last year, but when you're bringing all that experience back, it has nowhere to go but up. This team recruited 2020, they were fourth in the conference. 2021, fifth in the conference. 2022, fourth in the conference. So this team is consistently towards the top of the conference in uh, just as far as talent. So a lot coming back, a lot to be excited about. If you're an NIU Huskies fan, I'm sure some of you exist out there. Um, So let's talk about it. The over-under is set at 6.5, which the same over-under is like that Western Michigan team. That seems really off. That is, that is. Um, I assume what you're thinking is there's going to be some regression here from last year being so lucky so often, but I don't know. We'll see first game of the year. Eastern Illinois comes to town. They were one in 10 in the FCS last year, which is odd because I thought that was a better FCS program. Than I that. thought so too. I got a win for NIU. I do too. Next up, you go to Tulsa to play the uh, Golden, Golden Hurricane. Uh, I got a loss there.
1: Yeah, I have I have a loss. I think it's, uh, it's a really, really creepy game, and uh, I don't – I don't want anything to do with it. I don't <laughs> I don't want to watch it. I don't want to hear about it. But uh, I do have to tell me about that game. I do have to also winning.
0: Yeah, me too. And anything can happen in that fucking game. Yeah. Um Next, uh, really big talent mismatch here. Vanderbilt comes to town. So, no no shot for the Commodores here in this one. <laughs> I NIU and, winning. And, 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 and I
1: absolutely has more talent than Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt is, a, is an absolute joke. And I, I do have NIU here.
0: <laughs> uh, next up, you have a back to back road stretch where, <laughs> man, Kentucky, like light on the schedule, non conference, it looks like, as far as not playing Power Five teams, but they set up just like a bunch of. Group of five teams that could potentially beat them on their own turf. <laughs> I
1: just think Kentucky plays like thirty games this year. I just see <laughs> them all over every the schedule. place. I know.
0: Um, I have Kentucky getting the win here, but uh, not a, not an easy one. <laughs> Same here. Same and then here. the second leg of the back-to-back road trip is at Ball State, where I have NIU winning. I do as well. All right, then they bring Toledo to town. This is homecoming for NIU. NIU won by two last year. I'm going to give them a win here again.
1: Uh, I gave the win to Toledo. Here I have Toledo spoiling their little parade and, uh, and winning the game in NIU.
0: All right, next up, another back-to-back road trip. They're going to go to Eastern Michigan and to Athens to play the Ohio Bobcats. I have them splitting, losing to Eastern Michigan, beating Ohio. And I have the same result there. All right, then a bye week, and then we have the two directional Michigan schools. Central Michigan comes to town, and then NIU goes to Western Michigan, I have them beating Central Michigan, losing at Western Michigan.
1: And I have the same result.
0: Uh, and then they finish off the season with two home games against Miami of Ohio and Akron. I have them winning both of those. Double wins for me, too. So I have them 8-4. And,
1: and I have them 7-5.
0: This one really sucks. I won't be betting this one. The over is minus 150. The under is plus 130. I think Vegas, like, straight up got the number wrong and knows it. <laughs> I don't yeah. know why you wouldn't just set the over-under at like seven or seven and a half in this case. Right. Because the overs the, the it's too low of a number, but the juice is way uh, sucks. But I have the over minus one fifty.
1: I went under on that plus one thirty just for that number, just for that one thirty. Um, I mean they could, you know, if they if they went exactly how I had them at seven and five, but then they lost that Vanderbilt game, that would be six wins. We'll but like a more realistic game. Well, that is true. <laughs> Akron, yeah, there you go, <laughs> much better. Yeah, so uh, I, I I will say under, but I'm not going to touch that with a ten foot dick. So <laughs> uh
0: next up, you have the Central Michigan Chippewas. Uh, been recruiting like mad since Jim McElwain came to town. Uh, 2021, they went all the way up to second in the conference. 2022, third in the conference. Um, not as much, I surprisingly transfer portal this year. The number 140 team in the country. I would have expected them to be a little higher with McElwain. So I am surprised there. Last year, this team was 8-4. and Their losses were at Missouri, at LSU, only 49-21, to by the way. Only lost to Missouri by 10. Lost at Miami of Ohio and first NIU, who eventually won the conference. So four good losses, about as good as you can have. The over-under set at 7.5. What do you think about this team,
1: Mike? I don't understand how the hell they were 51st in rushing last year. But they had the number one running back in the country uh, that rushed for uh, 1,848 yards, <laughs> Lou Nichols, the third. I mean, I get Team Splatoon and all that, but how are you all the way down to 51 when you had the number one rusher? Of the it yeah. makes no sense. It doesn't,
0: it doesn't, especially Kobe Lewis as well.
1: Yeah, and Kobe Lewis had a good season too. So it literally doesn't make any sense. And then
0: you also have Khalil Pimpleton, who was like a little bit of an everything player. He was yeah. a wide receiver, but I'm sure he was running the ball.
1: I'm wide. sure. Okay, so Lewis missed last season with the. Oh, that's year. right. He was their leading He's a thousand a thousand years in uh tw- thousand yards in 2019, <laughs> actually. So he, I don't know, missed two seasons. Oh, he missed that. two seasons. He but missed, he um, got COVID really bad. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, <laughs> um, I r- I really like this Daniel Richardson they have at quarterback. Uh, 2600 yards last year, 24 touchdowns with only six picks. Uh, when you pair that with the. Uh, top returning running back in the country production rise. You have uh three back on your offensive line even though they did lose a lot of talent on the offensive line. Uh, I do really 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 like that offense especially uh being 24th in the country last year. I am I am scared that they did lose two all-back tackles. They did. They that did. That's hurts. tough. That hurts a lot.
0: Um they also lost uh their top five tacklers from last year on D. D-line does bring back some pretty uh pretty decent amount of experience. Um, six of their projected starters are underclassmen. And that is like one of the major things in my head that is like scary to me for this team.
1: Yeah. defensive Defense is definitely going to be a step back. Uh, they do only have three back uh, projected starters. Uh, they don't really have any playmakers like they did last year. So um, I think to me, that's the difference between uh, this team being a legitimate threat to win 10 or 11 games and, you know, kind of being in that in that middle of the uh, you know, like a seven, eight win team, something yeah. like that. A really
0: dangerous G five team that you don't wanna play, but they're not necessarily like a ten or eleven win team. Right. All right. So speaking of being a dangerous G five team, we're gonna start off the season. We're gonna take a trip to Stillwater and play Oklahoma State. Central Michigan is one and one all time against Oklahoma state one in 2015. They beat them outright in a, one of the most exciting games like of all time. And then they lost 30 to 27 again in Stillwater in 2016.
1: Yeah. I love that new rivalry. Those two teams have. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I think Oklahoma state does take it fairly easily this year. That team's loaded with talent. Uh, I think they have enough to where they'll be able to not maybe not stop the run, but to be able to, uh, Kind of contain it, and uh, I think it's an easy win for Oklahoma State this time around. I don't know about easy, but (laughs) I got them them getting the win.
0: Uh, So, yeah, a loss to start off the season. Then South Alabama and Bucknell, who was 1-10 in the FCS last year, they both come to town in consecutive weeks. I got two wins for Central Michigan. Yeah,
1: those are two wins, too. And then a really
0: rough stretch here. Uh, Central Michigan is going to go two Penn State and then two Toledo in back-to-back weeks. I got them drop both. I have two losses as well. Then they're going to bring Ball State to town for homecoming. I have a winning that. Me too. And then going to Akron and getting another win. Same here. And bringing Bowling Green to town and getting another win done there. Same here. They get a bye week before they play at Illinois. and uh, Northern Illinois, I'm sorry. Northern Illinois also has a bye before this game. I have them losing.
1: Yeah, me too. I had NIU picking up the win there. Good game, though.
0: And then second uh back to back road trip for buffalo coming to town i have central michigan getting the win over buffalo same here western michigan comes to town i have central michigan getting that one done as well same here and then they go and play on the great turf at eastern michigan i have emu getting it done
1: and i had central there
0: so i have them 7 and 5
1: and i have them 8 and 4 um just
0: based off of like this really rough They have a lot of games you don't want to play on the road. I mean, you know, Penn State, Oklahoma State, that doesn't really matter because you're going to lose those anyway. But you have to play Toledo on the road. You have to play NIU on the road. Uh, That just sucks to me.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have them – I I have a slight lean towards the under, seven and a half at plus 105. I do have them winning eight games. However, uh, if they dropped one of the uh, directional Michigan games – there's a couple other games that have potential. I mean, they bring Buffalo and they should win that game, but you never know. Um, the problem is you have three guaranteed losses on your schedule, or not I guess not guaranteed, but very close to in Oklahoma State, Penn State, and Toledo. So, uh, and then NIU's a tough game too. So I don't know. I don't. I, I have a eight and four, but I, I just I wouldn't bet it one way or another.
0: No, I mean, I wanted to be really big on that team this year, but uh, it's it's just a tough schedule. So I lean the under for the value, but I'm the same as you. I'm not not big on it either way. Uh, We're going to finish off the Mac here with the Toledo Rockets over under set at seven and a half. Uh, They bring back 39th in the nation in returning production, 73% of their returning production. Um, They've been recruiting like crazy. Jason Candle taking over for Matt Campbell. Um, And he's 45 and 27 as a head coach here at Toledo. He recruited the number one uh, class in the conference in 2020. Number one class in the conference in 2021. Slid a little bit to number six this past year in 2022. But, uh, I mean, you're seeing it. Some of the top talent in the conference, hands down.
1: Yeah, I love this team. Uh, Daquan Finn last year, two interceptions all season long to his 18 touchdowns. Uh, He could also run the ball. You have uh, your entire offensive line intact. You have a solid receiving core. Uh, Running back's a little bit of a question mark, but uh, you can kind of always – Count on good running backs at Toledo. Um, seven back on the 36th-ranked defense last year. All-conference players all around. Uh, four projected all-conference on defense. Uh, I love this team.
0: Yeah, I got I got five projected all-Mac starters. Oh, wow. It's insane. There's experience at every level on that D. So um, this was the best D in the Mac last year. It it's should only it should stay right around that level. Yeah. I, I don't see any reason for a step back at all they went seven and five last year they lost by three at notre dame uh they lost to colorado state in in a pretty baffling game (laughs) yeah that it was weird i I lost a lot of money on that game (laughs) yeah it's same here and then uh they lost to the eventual mac champ eventual mac champions niu they lost at central michigan by three niu was only by two they lost uh to eastern michigan by three so four of their five losses were by three points or less And then that mysterious blowout to Colorado State at home for some reason. Yeah. I just don't understand that one. No. All right. So let's get into it. Over, under 7.5. We're going to start off with LIU 2-8 and in the FCS last year. That's a win. That's a win. And then you bring UMass to town. Second leg of a back-to-back road trip for UMass. That is a win.
1: It's another win, yeah.
0: Then a brutal road stretch. I hate this, too. You go at Ohio State, whatever, you know, play the big brother in the state. That's fine. That's a loss at San Diego State on that second leg. I hate that
1: game. Uh, I hate that game. Why would you agree to that and travel cross country? And I think if that game was on a neutral site, I take Toledo. But being out there, I, I'm taking San Diego State.
0: So then after the stupid San Diego State game on the road, we have Central Michigan coming to town. This is homecoming for Toledo. And I got Toledo getting it done.
1: I got Toledo there too.
0: And then you go on the road to play Northern. Man, what a fucking stretch. Like,
1: I know. You start
0: off the season with LIU and UMass, and then you go at Ohio State, at San Diego State, bring Central Michigan in town, and then you go on the road to play the MAC champion, you know, reigning MAC champion, Northern Illinois.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I got uh, Toledo here. I think uh, that, you know, I, I love the offense for Toledo, but I think this is going to come down to that stud defense they have. Um, I think they're going to be able to, to hold down NIU enough to get the win on the road. I got it Uh, just being homecoming. Toledo's
0: actually lost, even as good as they've been in the conference. And and NIU was, until last year, down for a few years. Uh, Toledo's lost three last four matchups against this team. So I do have Illinois, Northern Illinois, getting that one done. Um, I'm sorry. I keep saying Illinois instead of Northern Illinois. and I really don't mean to offend Northern Illinois fans who know that their program (laughs) is actually the better Illinois team. Um, It might be, like, the most consistently
1: good program in – the entire state of Illinois. <laughs> it probably is. Now, however, watch out for uh for regular Illinois this year because uh I think I had them winning a couple games. <laughs>
0: I don't remember who, but I have Illinois upsetting somebody, like I just marked it down today Yeah. I was going through. I have them upsetting somebody. I can't I just It's not <laughs> Wisconsin, I know that. Yeah. I actually have them it's two teams in a row and I know one of them's Purdue. I don't know the team after that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think they're
0: interesting. It might be. It's like Washington or something gross. Like it's mm-hmm. some team that has no business playing in Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, I think it's a – yeah, just go ahead and look it up. I'm going to look play? it up real quick. Who did they, they play? play uh, of? Uh, do they do? Fucking could be red-faced fuck. <laughs> Get done. There it is. All right. Drum roll. Purdue and then – No, it wasn't Michigan.
1: (laughs) I had a beat in Iowa
0: at home. Oh, you did? Hell yeah, I did. That's interesting. I had it so... Maybe it was Michigan. You know what? It's Michigan State because I don't remember who they played the week before and I'm not as high on Michigan State as I I was last year.
1: I saw somebody said – I mean, I think Michigan State's going to be pretty good, but I saw somebody said they were, like, going to be in the playoff this year. Get the hell out of
0: here. Their defense last year – their defense was the 130th passing defense in the the entire country. Um, I think Kenneth Walker just, like – he just won them a lot of games by being a freak. There were so many games I remember watching, and they were close games, and that dude just – over yeah and it's going to be hard to replace that i know they got jake broussard but anyway we're yeah you know uh that's enough on the big (laughs) 10 uh next up kent state comes to town to play toledo i got toledo getting it done
1: i got toledo winning that one as well
0: and then you have buffalo and at eastern michigan both of those games are road games i have them splitting it getting a win over buffalo losing at emu
1: i do have toledo taking both of those games
0: Okay, and then the bye week, and then uh, you finish off with two home games against Ball State and Bowling Green. I got two wins. Two wins. And then the final game is on the road at Western Michigan. I have uh, Toledo also getting that done.
1: Uh, that was my upset there. I do have Western Michigan with that victory. Uh, that puts them at 9-3 and three for me. Uh, over-under 7.5 plus 105 is my favorite over-under. Uh, I can They can absolutely win that Western Michigan game. Uh, however, they could drop the Northern Illinois. There's a couple games in there, but uh, I just think this team is too talented. They're too good. They're too do. Uh, I think I think a seven and a half. I think that's too low for an over under, and that's my favorite one, uh, especially getting the plus one hundred and five.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I think I think this team is primed for for eight or more easy this year. I don't see them losing too many stupid games i mean it's a tough start to the schedule i I mean like really kind of i guess more the middle of the schedule but um this team is ridiculously talented and if you're these g5 teams now's the time you got to start making some noise because there's some crazy shit going on and if you're one of the more talented ones like toledo is you have to just completely separate yourself if you want any chance of staying college football relevant
1: yeah exactly
0: um so all of that being said, that's our preview for the Mac. Mike, your favorite over-under in the conference.
1: My favorite was the Toledo Rockets uh, over 7.5 at the plus 105. I think uh, I'm very confident that team's going to win eight or more games. Very, very, very confident.
0: My favorite is going to be the Ball State under 5.5. I think they lost way too much from a team that you know should have been good last year but really wasn't. I, I don't really fully believe in Mike New as a head coach. I don't think Muncie, Indiana is a very exciting place. I think uh, the fans and the team could get pretty disinterested pretty fast. No high expectations there. I don't
1: see that team going bowling. Your favorite value? Uh, my favorite ba- value was Bowling Green. Uh, even though I did have this team be- being four and eight, uh, but the the under three and a half for the plus one plus one thirty is that? I can't read my own handwriting. It's plus one thirty. Plus one thirty for under three and a half. I mean, you know this. I have them with four wins. I have them beating Eastern Kentucky. They could lose that. I have them beating Buffalo, and Miami of Ohio, back to back. They could lose both of those. I have them beating Western Michigan. They could lose that. So um, I don't see a mu- a lot of wiggle room. I mean, they could potentially beat Akron as I have a, as a loss or uh, that came is on the road though. Um, I think that I have them projected at four, uh, but I can very easily see a zero, a one, a two or a three. So uh, under, Three and a half is my value play. This will they won't they with you and Scott Leffler is blowing
0: my mind. <laughs> I, I just don't know. Like you got them going over, and then you pick them as your favorite value under. I, I just wish you guys would fucking get it over. <laughs> um, I went with the Akron Zips at over one thirty five or uh, over two and a half at plus one thirty five. Um, yeah, I had it picked really close too. If I'm being honest, it was three, and I gave them a win that I was really back and forth on. However. I just think when you bring in that much power five talent into a conference like the Mac, which is not a strong, strong conference, um, and then you just have the coaching edge on basically every team you're going to play, I think that adds up to more than two wins. So I love getting the plus 135 there. And if I'm being honest, it's one of my favorite over-unders so far.
1: Yeah, and I mean, if you if you think about that, okay, so two and a half. So you've got two pretty guaranteed wins on that schedule. You got St. Francis of PA, which they're going to win. And then you got, bull- <laughs> and then you got Bowling Green at home, uh, which should be a win. So now you're telling me out of your other ten games, you only have to win one more out of the lot out of the other ten in the, for, Mac. In the MAC for plus one thirty. I'm taking that all day. Yeah,
0: yeah, I, I completely agree. I think they're going to surprise a lot of people this year. I just don't think people realize the kind of talent that's come in there and the, just the coaching difference that we're going to see. I mean, you know, just for instance, a, a good coach in the Mac right now is considered Jason Candle at Toledo. Yeah. I think Jason Candle is a really good coach. He underperforms all the time with top-tier talent in the Mac for Toledo. So yeah. I mean I mean, you're talking Joe Moorhead has run offenses at Penn State and Oregon that were top offenses in the country. He had a winning record at Mississippi State, yeah. which is one of the harder schools to coach at. Yeah. This guy's a great fucking coach, and he cares enough about being a part of that program, coming back to be a part of that program, to to come there and take over and be the head coach and put his name on the line—that says yeah. a lot.
1: And now you're giving him a six-six quarterback with plenty of experience and a high-tempo offense with playmakers and recruits all over the place, and you only got to win more than two games. Yeah. I love it. I love, I love it in the MAC.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, that is our MAC conference preview. We will be. Back um, with another episode doing the Conference USA. We're kind of going in order of how shitty we think these conferences are. So the MAC was actually our bottom one this time. It's arguable, though. (laughs) Conference USA is close. But there's some interesting teams in there. We'll talk about that. So we will see you next time.